This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you every morning at 8am for the Arsenal Transfer Show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well and enjoying the sunshine out today. Or maybe it's not sunshining where you are, but I hope you're just enjoying yourselves as is. Thank you for making this part of your morning routine. As always, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show let's jump into the chat box and get saying morning to people matt g good morning to you to jacob to wilson to steve to answer and kaiser bruce good morning anthony and lee and afc west mids and kevin and damien and mr dazen uh cole and uh and beden belden belden it's that classic il thing on the stream yard messing me up again guna boy good morning to you uh to sean and olu and stevie Good morning, guys, and Dave, and Vuk, and Peter. I don't know I put so much emphasis on the Vuk, but uh, I felt it was worthy. Good morning. I uh, hope you're doing good, and hope you are doing well. Uh, we are going to be g- discussing plenty of Arsenal news regarding outgoings this morning. Lots of outgoing news to discuss, but we are going to be live at 10am over on the Arsenal Way. Link, as always, is in the description. I've been away for a couple of days, had a lot of things going on. Uh, Arsenal related stuff but back this morning uh, to to get on with discussing plenty more around Arsenal beyond just our shows here but we kick off today's stories with uh, the game yesterday against Brentford Arsenal lost 2-1 in a friendly behind closed doors to our West London rivals there wasn't particularly loads to to talk about and discuss it was a pretty weak Arsenal team that played the game I'll give you the lineup I gave it to you yesterday but I'll give it to you again if you haven't seen it turn out Cedric Walters who was substituted for Zach Orr on the 46th minute holding Tavares who was substituted for Lino Souza Elneny Lukonga Maitland-Niles who was substituted for Patino in the 85th minute and Marquinhos Nelson who was substituted for Charles Sacco Jr and Eddie Nketiah uh, played the game up top. Uh, it was a pretty similar kind of scene for Brentford. A couple of, uh, a fair few to be fair, uh, first team players like Sokosha and Henry and 
uh, Onyeka, Godosh, um, and Buemo, who scored uh, as well. So, And then a combination of them with some younger players and fringe players too. So it was a mixed game, a fitness exercise, if you will, not particularly any tactical lines to be drawn for me. I'll do a greater, more in-detail background with, uh, with Dan Potts yesterday if you want to go and listen to that. That is up on the channel as the last upload before this one. Uh, so if you want to get any more information on how I feel about that, it's all there. It's all on that show. But uh, we didn't uh, see quite a few number of first team players. But Aaron Ramsdale was taking pictures of some of the first team who were, of course, watching. You can see Pepe and White and Saliba. And I think that's Gabriel Jesus hiding uh, behind uh, Ben White there. Uh, but there was obviously a number of other players as well that weren't involved. Interesting that Bellerin wasn't involved. Perhaps that kind of be some indication that he could be moving on very soon from the club. Uh, Kieran Tierney was watching on as well as he returned to full training. Was there any kind of indication about any potential outgoings? It's impossible to tell right now, but it is certainly and was more of a fitness exercise for the players that weren't playing as much as some of the others across the tour. You know, White, Pepe, Jesus and Saliba all played significant roles during the US tour, but there weren't as many minutes for some of the other players and some of the others that didn't even get on the pitch uh, that much, like Patino, who didn't travel, and Marquinhos, who came on on a couple of sub-appearances. Raw Waters didn't get too many appearances either. Neither did Rob Holding. So it was an opportunity to see more of those guys and interesting that they weren't there. Also interesting that Pablo Marie wasn't involved. Is that some kind of indication of a move? to Fenerbahce getting closer. There's been no updates on that thus far, but that could be a small indication that that is a nearer deal. Now, Balogun is certainly uh, regarding uh, the the kind of... When I look back at what Balogun's going to do this season, we all know that it's going to be a loan. I think we can all come to that conclusion. Where he ends up, though, has always been the big question. Now, the latest info is that uh, Stade Rem in France are one of the big teams that are interested. This isn't the first time that Balogun has had interest from France. We've had a situation with um, Saint-Étienne having an interest in Balogun and joining them on loan. They really did kind of fight for his signature in January before he ended up at Middlesbrough. And Stad Remo are now another side that are looking to try and bring him in on a potential loan. Arsenal want to get the situation going where he would start as many games as feasibly possible. Is Liga the right place for him? Is it a better league to play in than, say, the Championship? Potentially. You know, it is an elite league across Europe. He would be going up against some very, very good players indeed that you wouldn't necessarily compare with in the Championship in the same way. But the split between the top and the bottom of the table is much further than, say, the Championship. I'd say those teams at the top of the Championship would probably beat the teams at the prop at the bottom of Liga. So it's a strange balance, but I think we can all agree that William Saliba certainly did benefit from a loan with Marseille in the French League last season. Being French, perhaps there's a better attachment, a better acclimatisation and development path for him. But what I would say is that Balogun's got a real good chance of getting some development wherever he goes as long as he plays regularly. That is the most important thing of all. So Rem are the team interested in him at the moment. Lucas Torreira continues to be linked with a number of teams, but that pre-contract agreement with Valencia rings the most true. Gennaro Gattuso is said to be pushing, but patient in the ideas of getting Torreira. Valencia want Arsenal to basically cancel his contract at this stage and just allow him to move, which would be a big pain to the club that could get around £8 million. And we're expecting to get around €15 million Euros from Fiorentina at the end of last season. He played very well. He was one of the better midfielders in Serie A last season. So to lose him on a free 
at the end of this year would be a ridiculous situation for Arsenal to put themselves in. I'd understand with a number of other players, and we'll talk about that in a second, but there is no reason why Arsenal shouldn't be getting at least some kind of transfer fee for Lucas Torreira. Valencia have some money. They are in some financial difficulty right now, but the likes of Artur has been linked from Juventus. They clearly have some money to spend if they want to bring in a midfielder. Lucas Torreira, stump up the money, bring him in. He has value. Don't allow him to leave on a free by cancelling his contract, Edu. Uh, Bert Leno will be joining Fulham, it seems. A deal in principle has been agreed between Arsenal and the West London sides around £8 million. We're unaware at the moment whether or not this is a base fee with additions or bonuses yet to be included or whether that £8 million encompasses any additional add-ons. That will be hopefully published at the time of the deal going through. Uh, £8 million does seem very much a... It seems a, a low amount, and I am disappointed that we've got less than £10 million for Burton Leno. I thought it would be around the £10 million mark. Eight are just single figures for Leno for a keeper of his ability when you've seen other players move for certain fees around the you know around Europe and around the Premier League this summer, I think is a very disappointing one. Arsenal, of course, have this reputation of, of bad selling, which puts them into a, a weaker position uh, from a negotiating standpoint. And it also does seem that all of our players that are going to be going out have all of these different kinds of necessities like Nano wanting to stay in London, Torreira actively pushing to leave the club, Bellerin saying he only wants to go to Betis, you know, the and, and Torreira as well with, with Spain and Italy, his only destinations. This really weakens Arsenal's negotiating platform in any kind of deal that they're trying to do. Obviously, the wages of Leno, as Dave points out as well, is, is a big saving, sure. But it's just frustrating that obviously we've got all of these you know, we've got all of these situations whereby a lot of the players that are outgoing have so many different, um, what's the words, just kind of necessities that they have to have this, they have to have this, they have to move here, they can only move here, they only want to go there. You know, this never used to be uh, a thing uh, for Arsenal at all, but it certainly has grown to be in the last few years. And to be fair, that's probably why we're trying to move these players on. And that will be the last time I talk about Leno. We're not having a repeat of yesterday's show. Moving on to Hector Leno. I mean, Bellerin. Uh, Hector Bellerin, of course, will be moving, it seems, this summer now, despite there being some growing indications at the beginning of the window that he could end up staying for the final year of his contract then secure a free move. It is said that Real Betis are a bit confident that Arsenal will soften their stance on Bellerin and allow him to cancel his contract, saving Arsenal around £5 million in wages for the year and seeing him move to Betis on a little to no fee whatsoever. Arsenal, if they are smart, should be looking to try and get at least something for Bellerin. There was rumours of a £4 million bid being rejected. If that is the case, I'm not sure why now Arsenal would be in a position where they would cancel the contract, but uh, it's a strange one. Conflicting reports are rife at the moment throughout um, the club and throughout kind of the situation of Arsenal. And we're hoping that we can see some kind of genuine movement for a good fee because Arsenal would then be able to reinvest that money back into potential buyers towards the end of the window. As I've maintained for a long time, I'm expecting a lot of the outgoing business to take place in the final two, three weeks of the window. However, it does look like there is some more movement happening at this stage. And finally, William Saliba can continues um, persistently to be linked with a move away 
to Marseille. Now, interestingly, I was listening to Ask Blogs, Ask Cast Extra yesterday with James McNicholas from The Athletic. Now, if you remember that Freddie Paxton, we reported, said that an agreement had been reached before the US tour began and that a contract extension was still yet to be announced. Yet, listening to the Ask Cast yesterday and listening to what James McNicholas from The Athletic had to say, he said there had been no indication that as of yet a contract agreement had been reached and there was no indication that a contract signature would be announced anytime soon and that that has not yet happened. So again, we find ourselves in a situation with two conflicting areas of reporting around a Saliba contract. Is Freddie Paxton right that this has already been agreed? Or is James McNicholas right that as to their understanding that there is no expectation that he has indeed agreed a new contract with the club and that there is still going to be a wait period until we see what happens? What I would say is that I'm taking it all with a very large grain of salt because as I reported at London at the start of the window exclusively, that Arsenal are putting in place these strategies to limit the amount of information that leaks out to the media. And therefore, it's very, very difficult to know what is right and what is wrong until we see these announcements on the Arsenal website. Arsenal have done brilliantly well in keeping so much of what they're trying to do behind closed doors, under wraps, and even heard from as many would describe the main transfer man himself, Fabrizio Romano, even he is struggling to get information about Arsenal this summer because they are trying to keep things so very quiet. And I just hope that this situation with Saliba kind of just peters out as the season starts, as he starts to play. Arteta has said that he intends to keep him at the club and that he's got big plans for him and that this that this was the plan the entire time. And Saliba has said as well that he also wants to start playing with Arsenal this season. He wants to give the fans what they want. He wants to show them what he can do. I think everything points towards Saliba certainly playing at Arsenal this season. But as of yet, there is no confirmation about a new contract that we know of legitimately. We've had one source, really, um, report this and then others deny that claim. So it's a very weird, strange, conflicting situation with Saliba, but hopefully we get some resolutions as the season kicks off and the transfer window closes. Marseille are obviously uh, interested, obviously interested, but uh, why he would choose to go there over Arsenal right now in this stage of his career to me doesn't make all that much sense especially when you can get a starting place in the Arsenal squad as early as the first game of the Premier League season potentially and that completes all of today's stories which means we're going to move to you guys in the chat box tackle some of your questions answer some of your queries and theories and ultimately try and make sense of some of the madness that we can't seem to work out for ourselves let's uh, jump into that after this very quick break Now, I did see a super chat from Jasha right at the beginning of the show saying, uh, Lucas Torreira versus Mohamed Elneny. Uh, I've uh, left my proof in the chat. Um, I can't see that, Jasha. I assume it's going to be in the comment section, so I'll make sure to read that up afterwards. <laughs> but uh, thank you for going and do your due diligence, because on my day off yesterday, I certainly wasn't going to do that. Um, let's go to John Daly, who says, what did you think of Arteta's team talk? Yeah, look, there's going to be some. There's some really great stuff in the uh, in the documentary, um, and I am looking forward to seeing what you guys think of the opening three episodes of the series. Specifically, talking about that uh, team talk, it was you know it's an emotional thing. Arteta in 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 it kind of talks a lot about that that area of kind of you know the um, 
talking about kind of these emotional team talks and how he can connect with the players and in that moment in particular and, and talking about kind of his personal past that comes into his coaching a lot so I'm looking forward to seeing more of a reaction from that um so yeah I'm trying not to talk about the documentary uh until it comes out on the fourth because yeah it's uh there's a lot of reasons why I can't but uh yeah it's going to be interesting to see what people think about it I'm not in it I just want to put that out there there's as far as I'm aware anyway unless they clip something from TGT but as far as I'm aware, I'm not in it. So, you know, I certainly wasn't interviewed at any point. So, yeah, but there's there's other reasons which I'll go into upon the release date um, as to why I can't. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what indeed does happen and how you guys react to it. Uh, Connor says, where is the Halen documentary? Please can someone let me know? It's a good question because this was premiered at Arsenal. Uh, a colleagues of mine went up to uh, attend the premiere of that documentary and interviewed, obviously, the likes of Pear Metazaka and Jack Wilshire, etc., um, but I've not yet seen it. I want to see it and I don't know how to see it, but hopefully we get some more information on that very soon indeed. Um, Mo says, did yesterday's friendly highlight the weakness in our backup squad players and the danger it poses if we get injuries to our first team players? Mo, I'm glad you've asked this question because it's something that needs to be addressed. No, is the answer. I don't think it particularly does. That team that played against Brentford is never going to play. I, I'm willing to put myself on the line and say that team that you saw with those substitutions is never going to play a League Cup game. It's never going to play a Europa League group stage game. It's not going to play a game. It's just not. And the highlight is that in the rotation, I mean, a list of players that wasn't involved goes nearly into a full Premier League squad. I have the list of players that weren't involved yesterday, if I can find uh, my very long message in which I wrote down. Here we go. Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tierney, Zinchenko, Partey, Xhaka, Erdegaard, Vieira, Ismail Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Bakayo Saka, Nicolas Pepe, Gabriel Jesus. I may have even forgotten a couple. That's one, two, uh, and Pablo Marie as well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen players did not play in that team yesterday. So no, that did not highlight the lack of depth or lack of strength in depth of this team because at the end of the day, you're never going to see that team play. <laughs> you're never going to see them perform together. Um, and to be honest, with the players that when we rotate, we're still going to have a number of first-team players that stick around. I don't think you're ever going to see from a Premier League game to a Europa League group stage game, the 11 completely switch over. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you might see seven or eight changes but you're still going to see plenty of first-team players continue on and keep getting more minutes. Also, there's going to be players coming off the bench of that quality as well. It's just very, very different. Uh, I don't think we necessarily need to be worried about that team and what the result was yesterday. It was a good run out, a good fitness exercise, and that's about it. Um, here we go. Anthony says, Inside Halen premieres on Tuesday, July 12th via this YouTube channel with new episodes dropping every Tuesday, concluding on the 12th of August. So it's not yet. So it's meant to be on the Arsenal YouTube channel, right? If that's the case, has it actually gone out on the Arsenal YouTube channel? Because if it has, then fair. And surely we can go and watch that. But uh, I feel as though it didn't um, come out just trying to find the channel. Because when you type in Arsenal on YouTube, it doesn't actually bring up the channel, as you would probably imagine. Um, all access areas. No, that's not the one we're after. I don't see anything about the Hayland documentary on here at all, other than the trailer. That's the only thing I've seen so far. Inside Hayland trailer, six-part documentary series. If I play the video and have a look at the details of when it's coming out, 
12th of July 2022. I've not seen any of it. I think it said something about it being for the members potentially. So it may be that you have to be a member on the Arsenal website to go and watch it, but it's definitely not on YouTube. So I don't know what they've done with it or why it's not come out yet. Maybe they'll maybe there's an embargo on it or something. I don't know, but it's not on the YouTube channel. I don't know, you know where it is. Um, let's go to Yossi, who says, what do you think about Maxwell Cornet as a wide forward? I talked about him yesterday, actually. I said I wouldn't mind uh, him as a potential wide option for Arsenal this summer. Uh, Rohit says, if complete squad is fit and match ready, what would be your starting eleven against Palace? Um, if everybody was fit, uh, probably Tommy Asu, White, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Ramsdale and Go, obviously, Xhaka, Partey, Erdegaard, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. That would be my starting eleven. If Tommy Asu is not fit, then you move White over to the right-back position. Saliba comes into the right centre-back position. That's what I would go for. Um, Amira says, Dawning Tom, looking at how professional players like Leno have been, uh, do you think we accepted the lower price out of goodwill? Players talk so this could help build a better selling reputation. Maybe, but I mean, what are we going to cat? What are we going to do with Torreira? Because he's <laughs> well, if we cancel Torreira's contract and that's out of our goodwill, I wouldn't say it's particularly deserved as it would be for Leno. But uh, I know what you're saying. I'm just not sure about how consistent they can apply that across all the players that they might lose this summer. Um, let's go to uh, Fuad says, Tom, I know you're in the industry, but I do think some journalists, especially those who work as a freelance, need to be outed as a bit of an ITK. It's just trying to get engagement and get more followers. Fuad, I mean, feel free to do your due diligence in outing other journalists. But as you've just said, being in the industry, why would I go and out, you know, fellow colleagues of mine? Um, it's not exactly professional um, at all. So if you weren't expecting that from me, you're not going to get it. You know, I don't mind talking about genuine ITK accounts popping up on social media behind some kind of avatar. But other journalists? No. Why would you do that about your colleagues? Would you do that about your colleagues at your work publicly on a forum? You know, I don't think you would. Or if you do, you certainly shouldn't be. So, no. Um, let's go to Yosef, who says, what do you think about Maxwell? Are we already know that one? Are we spamming the chat or am I scrolling up really strangely? Data for Worlds. Stat-based football analysis says, hi, Tom. I feel like Fabio Vieira is the most underrated signing amongst Arsenal fans. I have a feeling he'll be the best up there with Jesus and Zinchenko. What do you think? Um, what do I think? I think that Fabio Vieira is certainly being slept on um, by the Arsenal fan base. I don't think he's being spoken about enough, mainly because we've not seen him yet. You go and watch plenty of what he's done for Porto, and he absolutely deserves credit for being an exciting signing. He's an exciting player. Goals, assists, creativity, dribbling, pace, acceleration, low centre of gravity at times, really good kind of you know movement, agility, all of that stuff. I think that he's going to be a great addition to the squad. Um, but the main reason why I can't really get on the back of people necessarily saying, oh, he's not very, like, oh, I don't really know what to expect to him is because we've not seen him yet. You know, he's not given, he's not had the opportunity to prove them uh, or prove them wrong yet. So we'll wait and see. But I certainly think that, let's say, I don't know, Shaheen from the Arsenal Lounge uh, rates the window without knowing anything about a player. I think that's harsh. You know, I think we should probably, if you don't know enough about the players, don't rate the window yet. Wait and see what the players can do. That's probably the way I would approach it. Love you, Shaheen, though. Um, let's go to half South African, who says, um, which player of all outgoings should we ideally be getting the most money for? Pepe. Uh, it's, it's quite a simple one for me, that one. You know, Pepe is the most valuable player we've got that could leave this summer. 
20 million pounds I would accept from a team if they wanted to come in with a bid for him and then we can move on to get someone else. That's that's a simple one for me. Uh, Bizarre says, is Hector Bellerin for sure leaving? And do you think Nicolas Pepe is staying to fight for a spot? I think Pepe is willing to fight for a spot and stay if he doesn't get the offers and he's not getting the offers uh, as far as I'm aware. You know, the offers aren't coming in because his wage packet is too high and he's not really seemingly at the moment anyway willing to drop those wage demands to secure a move elsewhere. Why would you? You're on a very, very handsome wage, £140,000 per week-ish. So why would you sacrifice that if you've got two years left in your deal and you're currently comfortable at a club like Arsenal? I mean, he might be unhappy of a lack of game time, but if he's willing to fight for his place, got Europa League football next season, you're going to get more chances. Maybe he's going to enjoy playing with the new players that are coming in as well, like Jesus. I did write a piece saying Jesus could be great for Pepe. You know, those two could form a really great partnership. Who knows? We'll wait and see. He's needed a little bit of a, a person to kind of play off, I think, in the forward line that he's not had with the movement and the creativity that Jesus adds. But in regards to Bellerin, uh, I'm I'm pretty I'd pretty confidently say I think now that we see, you know, a Bellerin that could move on. I think there was a feeling at the start of the window certainly that. Him back in the team, getting the armband, playing games, Betis' financial situation, that being the only team he wanted to go to, Arsenal's hard stance on that situation, led to a bit of a growing feeling that he could stay for another year, see out his contract, and then move on when he's on a free. But, you know, there's potentially reports coming out, as we discussed, that Arsenal might be willing to soften and then cancel the contract and save themselves £5 million in euros, uh, or pounds, I think it is. But yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, Jack says, Tom, have you set up the TGT FPL? Yes, I have. Um, also, how many points do you think we'll get from the first five game weeks? I'm hoping 13. I'm hoping 13. Four wins and a draw, I think, would be great start to the season. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of hoping for 13. You look at the games we've got, you know, Palace, Leicester, Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham, not in that order, but they're the five games, I believe. They're all winnable. So, yeah. 13 points I'm hoping for. It won't be anywhere close to that now, you know, because I've said that. But that's what I'm hoping for. TGT, I am going to get the link to the FPL uh, put into the uh, link tree in the description. I'll try and do that this morning. So uh, you're not worrying about where it is. So I'll try and get the link to that put into the link tree of these videos so you don't have to worry about uh, adding it. But I think for everybody else that was in the league last season, it's been renewed. So... If you were in the league last season and I've renewed it, surely that means that you just you're you're back in the league, unless I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. A bit bit weird if it wasn't that way. Um, let's go to uh... <laughs> uh, Ben Erland says uh, rumors of a return from former FPL champion Venison this year. Something spooky for the TGT fans. Please, for the love of all that's good, do not let Ben Erland win at the TGT FPL League, people, please. Um, I don't think he joined the league last season. He would have got battered from the looks of things because whoever won the league was in a top, like, thousand, I think, in the country. But, uh, yeah, don't let Ben win. Don't let Ben win. Uh, <laughs> do not let him win. Lynn says, uh, I think the team that starts on Saturday will be the team that starts on Friday. Um, potentially, yeah. I also think there's a good chance the team that started against Chelsea will be the team that starts against Palace. You know, that team of White, uh, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko, Partey, Xhaka, uh, Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus and Ramsdale. I think that's probably the team 
that will start, um, to be fair. Uh, Van of Duty says, not strictly Arsenal related, but what do you think of Leicester not buying any more and selling Casper? Are they in a situation where they have to sell to buy? And does this give us an advantage with Tillemans? It is interesting that they've not really invested at all. I mean, have they invested at all? Premier League transfers, transfer market. Check on what's happened so far this summer. Um, Leicester City. They have brought in... Wow, Dennis Pratt returned from loan. They've sold Adamo. Well, they've let Adamola Lookman return to Leipzig. And Jukupovic has left. Nothing has happened. That's really odd. Yeah. Maybe they've like overspent previously and they couldn't spend anything this summer. But that's a really strange one. I've not actually gone through, you know, the Premier League transfer window. Maybe that's something we do before the first weekend of the season is just see how our Premier League rivals have have all invested and sold this summer. That could be an interesting discussion video. Maybe with some members, we could do that. That might be a cool idea that we we attack. Uh, Nathish says, if we miss out on top four by a point or two and don't win the Europa, what would be your stance? Uh, well, we haven't progressed, you know. So I think it, obviously we'd have to look at where we are. It's very, very difficult to look at that and go, that's a that's a broad statement. You have no context of what happened throughout the entire season. You know, it could be the half the team got injured. <laughs> you know, we don't know. So I think we have to wait until the end of the season. But I have said for some time that if we don't make progress on last season, which was as close to qualifying to the Champions League as you kind of can without actually doing it, you know, then we need to start having a serious discussion about what's happening. So I think, yeah, that's where I'll be at is in a situation where we are having a serious chat about the manager's situation. But we don't know the context. We need to get to that point. We need to see what's happened during the season first. But my expectation is Champions League qualification. That has to be the minimum expectation. As, you know, Aston said to Martin Odegaard in that interview, next to him, fair play to him. It has to be the minimum expectation uh, throughout the season. Um, let's go to Supercat. How was the wedding yesterday, Tom? To be fair, considering it was one of those, do you ever been to one of those weddings where it's like uh, a, a friend of your other half? And so you don't really know anyone and that was the situation i knew like two people um and it was it was fine you know it was it was good it was a very very nice wedding and uh i'm sure if i knew more people i had a lot more fun but uh yeah it was uh it was fine but thank you for asking and well remembered uh what's the hold up with the venga statue alex i don't know what the hold up is with the venga statue uh lynn says tom i think uh br is waiting for another manager to get the sack so we can move on uh br why don't I know who that is? Why why don't I know who BR? See, whenever people use an acronyms, I'm like, who who is BR? People are going to be shouting that now in the chat box. BR, BR. I'm looking at the now the Arsenal homepage going, whose name starts with an R? Uh, people in the chat box are going to be screaming who it is. Brendan Rogers. Thank you. I was thinking, who for Arsenal is the initials BR? No one has the initials <laughs> BR. Um, maybe. Uh, maybe he is waiting to get the sack. Maybe Leicester are waiting for him to get the sack. I don't know. But it's strange that they haven't invested at all. That is very odd. They felt like they were in a position again where, you know, they've got a good foundation, a good squad, and, you know, they could definitely improve upon it. But they've not done that. And that's a bit strange. Brendan Leno. <laughs> Brendan Leno is who it is. Uh, Mohammed says, hello, Tom. How do you feel of some of our players who want to terminate their contracts, whereas other team players go to a team who gives the highest money to the parent club? Unfortunately, Arsenal just aren't in a strong enough position to, to change. You know, Arsenal aren't in a strong enough position to do anything about it. 
so that's that's unfortunately where we're at um is that we, we can't change anything until we start selling better so until we start moving players on for their market value and, and not allowing their contracts to run down to one year we're always going to be in this difficult position where we ultimately see players move on for less than what they're probably worth we need to recover the situation that we have created for ourselves with past decisions. Thankfully, the current regime are doing what they can to try and recover it, but it's still very, very difficult indeed. Um, John says, has any work been done outside the ground? Was expecting a refurb? Um, someone mentioned to me the other day that they're actually targeting the uh, the World Cup break to do more of the work. I don't know what's happened inside the ground or if anything's changed in there. But from the outside, nothing much has changed at the moment. So maybe that that indication that they might be doing some work during the World Cup break is when that majority of that work will take place. Um, uh, I mean, you can get blocked. Uh, let's go to uh, Wow, who says, why don't we sign Artur on a loan with options to buy? In my opinion, this is the best scenario for the buying club. Look at Spurs with Kulisevsky and Romero. No serious risk with a signing like that. Uh, Artur on loan is just not of a level that I think upgrades on what we have. I think he would have been a fine addition in January to strengthen the midfield, especially when we lost Thomas Partey. But he's not an upgrade. He's not like it. He's not as good as Tielemans. He's not as good as Melinkovic Savage. No, he's not as good as a player that's going to step up Arsenal's midfield. So I don't necessarily have that same energy to sign Arta as I did in January because it's a different window, different context, different time. No indication on that at all. Um, there's a risk being he's on big wages, says Akshat. Very, very true. Um, Adrian says, why don't you ever select slash answer my question? That's ironic. I didn't even read the question. <laughs> you wasted it. I literally just pick up at random as you've just seen there. Um, a blue well who, uh, says I have a feeling our business is done. I don't know what gives you that feeling when the club have come out especially and said they're not done. Um, Barry and Baxter says, what is your greatest concern? Uh, re Arsenal squad. What is the worst possible scenario? You know, the worst possible scenario is that nothing changes from now. And to be honest, you know, considering where the squad was at before the summer opened, you know, the, the squad is a much better position than it was at the end of last season. So if this is the worst case scenario, you know, it's not a bad place to be in. Adding a potentially who I believe from what I've seen now, you know, a world-class player in Gabriel Jesus, a really, really good player in, in Alexander Zinchenko, an exciting talent of Fabio Vieira, you know, bringing in the depth of Turner and Marquinhos. Moving out players is going to be part and parcel of what we need to do. Leno looks like he's on his way out. But if the worst case scenario is nothing changes, it's, it's not a bad place to be in. Uh, to be honest, it's not a too bad. And we've got a great kit, <laughs> which I know means absolutely nothing. But uh, I love that away kit so much. Uh, Wednesday's the mate of Niles going, RD says. The honest answer is we don't really know. It's said that he's got plenty of interest from Germany and England, but we don't really have any concrete evidence on a specific team he might go to. Um, let's go to uh, Gautam, who says, with Lukonga seems to be playing further forward in pre-season, is he going to take the number eight position? That's why Arsenal are waiting on Tielemans. Uh I'm not sure. I think that Lokonga can play six and eight. I think if he plays six, he has to play it in a pair. But yes, him playing slightly further forward in preseason could be an indication that he'll be used more there in the season if we don't sign, say, a Tielemans. 
I, I honestly, the answer is that we don't know at this stage. Tielemans is a deal that could happen. I think it's reliant upon Torreira and Maitland-Niles leaving the club, and they're not 100% sure whether or not that's going to happen at this stage. We need to move them on. We need to get them out of the club so that we can reinvest that money and get someone better in the upgrades to midfield. Uh, let's go to Gabenga, who says, do you think uh, we will go hard for Tillemans by next week since we're moving players? I, again, I don't know. We need to wait and see whether or not Torreira and Maitland-Niles are moved on. If they are moved on, then yes, I think we will push for Tillemans. But all the while they're still here, or it looks like they're still here, I don't think we'll move for another player. I don't think Arsenal are going to move for players now until the season's at least started because we need to move players on before we can bring players in. We've already signed five. You know, if there's an expectation you thought we were going to get eight plus signings this summer, is that realistic? Probably not. Is that what we need? Yes, it absolutely is. And I would like to see three more signings come in. I'd like a left-footed centre-back if we're going to lose Marie. I'd like a wide player that can play in the middle. And I'd like a central midfielder. That's what I'd like to happen. But realistically, I'm very, very well aware and grounded and objective that that's probably not going to happen. Probably not. Um, and if we're real, you know, the midfielder and the wide player that we need to bring in should be of a significant investment, which would take us beyond what we've spent last summer, which was our record spending summer. I hope we do it, but I just don't see it right now, especially whilst we've still got so much business to do outgoing wise. Um, Jack says, Tom, Amin, Guiri, Gakpo or Pedro Gonçalves, who are you picking as our winger? Pedro Gonçalves. He's the only one that's mainly a right sided player of those. And that's the side that I think we need more strength in. Guiri and Gakpo are more on the left-hand side, although Guiri can play a lot more centrally, but more in a two on the left of the two. So I think that Pedro Gonçalves fits the profile the best of those guys. Uh, Dave says, with Saliba, we have six already, two more in after we get rid of a few. People count Saliba. Some people don't count Saliba. I think for the benefit of talking about transfers, I don't include him in the incomings. I know he feels like a new signing and quite rightly as close to a new signing as you can get without being one. But also I think three more, you know, is what I, I think we need is the three. You know, it's not saying what I think we'll get or what we should get. Three is what I think this team needs right now. A wide player with the scope to play in the middle, the centre mid. And if we move Marie on, then a left-footed centre-back, I still think, needs to be brought in before the end of the window. Um, let's go to Highbury for Life. He says, what's your prediction for the top six next season? Will the World Cup tournament play a crucial part uh, towards the end where seasons where teams can finish? Could it be a fatigue factor? Potentially. You know, these players play a lot of football and the World Cup's going to add to that. Potentially teams that don't have as many players going to the World Cup will benefit more. Arsenal are going to have Ramsdale. They're going to have Tommy Asu. They're going to have Gabriel. They're going to have Gabriel. They're going to have Gabriel. <laughs> they're going to have Ben White. They're going to have potentially Saliba. Um, Tini won't. Zinchenko won't. Partey will. Um, Xhaka will. Who else you got? Fabio Vieira could qualify and, and get called up for Portugal. Uh, Saka, of course, will. Um, and Ketia, I don't expect to get an England call-up, but who knows? But <laughs> what if he goes on some kind of scoring spree? Smith Rowe could. You know, we have a lot of players that could be going to the, to the World Cup this summer. Uh, and that's the reality we find ourselves in. And so, therefore, we need to be prepared for that reality um, and make sure, you know, I, I don't think there's the, some of the players who are, of course, in the... the the extremities of the squad are going to do that. But uh, it's, it's something that us and all teams will have to deal with, especially the top teams, because the, the top players have qualified for the World Cup in the main and will be going to play in it. Um, 
Mikhail says, are you confident for next week? Yeah, I'm fairly confident. I think we've got a, we've had a really strong preseason. I think we've had a we've got a really strong squad going into that first game. Whether or not Tierney and Tommy Asu are fit, I think what we've done and what we've got available has definitely covered that. If you think at the end of last season, you know we were ending the season with Cedric and with Tavares as our starting fullbacks, which is one of the big reasons why we didn't get top four. Unfortunately, they just weren't good enough, and it made us vulnerable at the back. We can go into that Crystal Palace game with a back four even without Tommy Asu and Tierney, of White, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko, which is a really strong and solid back four, especially considering from a tactical perspective, it becomes a back three when Zinchenko moves forwards and all the back three kind of shift over to the left. I think there's a really strong scope from that back four that gives me confidence, a lot more confidence. And, you know, Palace don't have Conor Gallagher this time around. Um, Zaha's a year older, of course, now. Looking at the business they've done this summer, Chait Decore, Chris Richard, Sam Johnston, Malcolm Ebiowe, uh, who uh, came in from Derby. Um, that, they've added a couple of very decent players. Chait Decore is a very interesting one. We were linked to him. I don't know if he'll start the season, um, but he's an interesting 22-year-old. Chris Richards, another centre-back from Bayern Munich, you know, 10 million quid. Interesting young player at 22 years of age. Sam Johnston is probably an upgrade on... Is he an upgrade on Gaeta and Hennessy? Hennessy's now left, I think. Uh, or did he leave ages ago? <laughs> I feel like Hennessy was at Palace for years. But uh, yeah, you know, they've they've got Gaeta and, and Sam Johnston now. So those two are going to be battling out for the starting number one position in the team. Uh, they're going to be a tricky prospect. I don't think they've replaced what they've lost in, in Gallagher, but I suppose Eze and Elise and Zaha is a very good attacking three playing behind one of their strikers. So... The striker position up there is always something I thought they'd address. And I thought they did it in Edouard's, but he didn't really have the best of seasons last year. Didn't really transition. Maybe this will be the season in which Edouard really comes into his own. We will have to wait and indeed see. I'm going to wrap things up there because I've been going for 40 minutes um, and I've got a lot of work to do this morning. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's been a genuine pleasure as it always is. Do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed the show and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I'm not sure if I'm going to be live a little bit later on today. If I'm not, obviously, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8am, hopefully bringing you some more positive news about the Arsenal transfer window. But uh, yeah, uh, I will see you again very, very, very soon. If you want to join us, of course, if you're not done seeing this ugly mug of a face, you can join me at 10 a.m. over on the Arsenal way. So in just over an hour's time with the boys. Uh, Link in the description as always. See you soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.